Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. Thanks for joining us this week on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. Thanks for joining us every Sunday. We definitely appreciate you starting your weekends with us, well, ending your weekends with us. But I'm I'm Robert Johnson, president of the Duncan Duo here with Mike Corrigan from Cross Country Mortgage. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. How are you doing this Sunday? I'm doing really well. Like Easter's over. We're in the we're in the thick of um of just moving along here through the through the uh the spring into the busy summer season of real estate. And Andrew's not here with us this week. His his dad passed away this week. Um, yeah. Not totally unexpected, but pretty unexpected. So we just wanted to uh, send our condolences to him. He's uh, he's dealing with a whole bunch of stuff with that. And we just, our thoughts are with him for sure. Yeah, absolutely. My uh, my condolences. I know I reached out to my condolences to, to Andrew and his family and his mom and um, it's, it's, uh, regardless of the situation, it's never easy. And, um, I'm fortunate I haven't lost either of my parents yet. Um, so it's, um, you know, I'm not sure exactly what, what it's like, but certainly, uh, my condolences go out to him. Yeah. And I know he's, he's up North this week. He will be still out next week. So it'll be you and I holding down the fort and just going through all things real estate and we're used to it, but uh, our thoughts are definitely with him and, uh, and his entire family. So, um, I know the market, um, especially because it's it's going into spring, it's going into summer. Um, this is always our busier time of the year, in at least locally. Um, I always say we don't really have a slow time in our market. We're always, you know, a very busy market. Um, we have some weird closing months. Like December is always a huge closing month for us. It's never like that up north. But um, June is usually our second busiest closing month. Last year was a little crazy, especially when we were in the thick of the pandemic. But you know, June is always a very busy closing month for us. It's it's usually our busiest or our second busiest, depending on how the year falls. So this is the time of year where we have a ton of buyers out there. We start seeing, um, you know, more people ready to list their homes, even though I always say that any time of year in our market is a great time to list. But, yep. um, you know, if you have buyers reaching out right now, what do they need to know about rates? Because we we talked for a long time about, you know, rates going down, rates ticking up, rates going down again. But I know, um, you know, I looked at doing some things earlier this year. I looked at, um, you know, purchasing a secondary home. And I, I mean, I know where rates were compared to that. So what, what are you guys seeing, Mike? Yeah, so there was sort of a, um, the whole market, I guess, was a little bit surprised in the beginning part of this year as we got into January and February as, um, you know, rates started to tick up and, and they did it through the, the month of February. And um, it, it kind of caught everybody a little bit by surprise. And the reason that it happened is that there were inflation concerns out there. So there hasn't been inflation um, in many years, right? It has remained ultimately low and inflation is just the cost of goods and services going up over time. And there hadn't been, and inflation is, is sort of our enemy when you talk interest rates. And so when prices go up, um, you know, interest rates tend to go up because you need to cover that, the, the debt that it, that is being made there. So, um, we started to see, um, interest rates sort of tick up and they did it kind of quick and, um, anytime something happens quick, um, it tends to spook out the markets. The markets don't like uncertainty and they and they started to get uncertain. But really, if you're out there and you're looking to buy a home, uh, what I would say to you in the grand scheme of things, they only ticked up a little bit. We're talking about going from upper twos into lower, maybe mid threes that, that's going in there. When you spread out that horizon of looking at interest rates, they are still dramatically low. Um, 
you know, over the course of time. It's just it's crazy how low interest rates are. Are they higher than they were three months ago? Yeah, they are a little bit higher, maybe a quarter percent. But in the grand scheme of things, the affordability is still very well intact. It is still a great time to buy. There's still a ton of demand out there. Um, and there's nothing out there that that says we think interest rates are going to go to, you know, five, six, seven percent or anything else like that anytime in the near future. Well, and I mean, even the grand scheme of things, not that they are, but I mean, five percent is still so low. Sure. But I mean, three percent, you know, three and a half, whatever they are right now. I mean, you know, higher than three. But I mean, that's still so unheard of. And I'll tell you that we have not seen a slowdown with buyers at all. I would say, at least from the mortgage side, you could speak more than I could on this, but I would say that it, that probably only just affects refinancings as opposed to new purchases because we're still crazy busy. Yeah, it it, it definitely affects refinances more so than, than purchases. And so a few people, yes, are out of the money, sort of speak now coming into refinances and misses it. But, you know, surprisingly, when we see this happen and they, they, you know, they move like that and, you know, it's an only a quarter point, 0.375, you know, that sort of thing. We actually still are extremely busy because what it also does is it gets a lot of people that were sort of sitting on the fence, hearing us always talk about how interest rates are so low, seeing it on TV and the newspapers everywhere they look, interest rates are so low. And so it wasn't a high priority because everything said they were going to stay low for a really, really long time. Well, as soon as they start to tick up, people kind of jump off the fence and say, oh, I better do it now. And so we actually saw an uptick in business coming, including in refinancing, because they wanted to get in and get it before rates sort of went too high. Well, it's funny because last week, Andrew and I talked about that on the show where, you know, usually business jumps off the fence and yep. we usually get the opposite reaction once rates start to go up because people, you know, they're naturally waiting for the bottom. It's almost like a gamble. You know, I think, oh, if I just you know, wait a little bit more, they might go down. And oh, if I, you know, if you're in the casino in Vegas, oh, if I bet this other, this money, maybe I'll win more. So it's basically like you're betting, you're sitting on the fence thinking, okay, well, if I sit a little longer, maybe they'll go lower, maybe they'll go lower. And I, I always use this example. I swear, I'm still, I still have people that I know that I, I started talking to about purchasing a property back in 2010, when I first got into real estate. And they are still till this day, still waiting on the market to go down because they were waiting in 2010 and they didn't buy anything thinking it would go lower, go lower, go lower. And they never bought anything. They're still in the same rental. They're still waiting and you know, they must be kicking themselves. So I would say that's what you see is you see people jumping off the fence because they don't want to be those people that waited too long and then they were stuck because rates are the same thing actually rates are actually more important than pricing. And we talk about this all the time yes. is that it's monthly affordability. It's not necessarily what the price is of something because you could have something that's 400,000 and interest rates be 3% or you could have something that's, you know, 250 and interest rates are six and a half. I mean, it's, you know, it's really monthly payment, monthly affordability. Um, and we're not car salesmen. That's what it is. It's it's something. It's what somebody can afford every month for most of the time, thirty years, as opposed to how much it actually costs cash wise. 
Yeah, and it's even not even the most that they can afford, but the most that they feel comfortable with. Something we always talk to to our clients about, just because you could qualify for you know a half a million dollar home doesn't mean you necessarily should buy a half a million dollar home. You wanna make sure you're in when you're buying a home that it's a, a, at a payment that you feel comfortable with. And there's more than just the mortgage that goes into a payment. You know, you're gonna be responsible for your taxes, your insurance, sometimes your flood insurance. You know, if there's a homeowners association dues, especially if you're in a condo or townhome, they can be extremely high. So you got to look at all of that when it comes together and it all puts together. And that's why it's so important to work with experts like us or experts like like you, Robert, in, in the Duncan Duo. So you can really get a really good picture on what you're going to be able to do. But you're exactly right that afford, rates affect affordability more dramatically than prices do. You yeah. know, a price going up, you know, seven, nine percent. Um, year over year isn't going to affect the payment as much as an interest rate going up at one percent if that were to happen. Oh yeah, and and I mean that's what we that's what we try to tell people too, and that's why I say that the first step that somebody needs to do. Um, and I know it's super fun, you know, sitting at home going through listings, you know, going through different websites that show uh, you know all these listings, and you start imagining stuff and thinking, oh, I can or I can't afford this, or oh, I love this house and I don't want to live over here. The first thing you really need to do, even though it's not necessarily the most fun part of the process. Um, is is call a lender, you know, call an agent and have them get in touch with you with a, a lender or call a good lender because the lender can go through with you. Okay, you know, what can you afford? Does that include insurance? You know, um, what's the monthly payment going to be? If you like this neighborhood, you know, do you need to also include, um, you know, flood insurance and a whole bunch of other stuff that the lender needs to talk to you about to see what you can qualify for and see what you're comfortable with? Because that needs to be the first step in the process, not the step that comes after you fall in love with a home and you're emotionally invested and you want to write an offer. Yes, absolutely. You're absolutely right. And uh, you can always reach out to us and we'll go over all your different options and would love to be able to to help you. And Mike, how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. You can always reach out to me at 813-377-2743. I've gotten so many calls of you guys over the course of time and love to help people out. So 813-377-2743. Um, or you can go to crosscountrytampa.com, um, crosscountrytampa, all one word, dot com. Thanks. And we'll be right back right after this quick break. And we're back here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. I'm Robert Johnson, president of the Duncan Duo here with Mike Corgan from Cross Country Mortgage. Thanks for tuning in to us this Sunday. We definitely appreciate it. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach out to us on our socials at the Duncan Duo team. That's on all of our social pages, you know, Instagram, Facebook. I think we even have a TikTok, believe it or not, but you can reach out to us there. We'd love to speak with you, point you in the right direction for all your real estate needs. Send you over to Mike if you want to get <laughs> qualified for a mortgage we definitely think is the first step of the process. So Absolutely. one of the uh, one of the steps in the process, once you've actually found the home is actually, um, you know, mo for most people getting an appraisal on a home. And, um, you know, I would say, you know, 95% of the time, and if you're a buyer, you're getting an appraisal on a home if you're getting financing. And um, the appraisal has a bunch of different, um, different steps to the process. But one of the things you'll notice on the appraisal is that, you know, most of the time the appraiser goes out there and he actually, he or she uh, measures the property for, you know, the square footage. And sometimes um, there can be a discrepancy between the square footage that's on the appraisal, the square footage that is in MLS, and the square footage that's on tax records. And we, 
You know, that's something that we run into. Um, I won't say often, but I'll say it's common enough that, you know, I never bat an eye to it. I mean, I might, um, you know, I might question it or I might look at how the appraiser measured the square footage. But, you know, there's a whole bunch of different reasons why that can be. Um, the first thing that I'm thinking, you know, right off the top of my head in Florida is somebody that converts, uh, you know, a room into a so-called Florida room or a sunroom or whatever. And do you typically see that on appraisals, Mike, or how, how does the appraiser usually account uh, for that? Yeah, so it may seem um, the irony of be, us being in Florida, but what they're supposed to calculate is what's considered the heated square footage, or or, or maybe in Florida we'll call it the cool, the AC square footage. <laughs> um, you know, but it, yeah, the heated square footage. So sometimes those extra rooms that are out there, um, Florida rooms or whatever that maybe don't have venting through them that the air conditioner or heat that can go through isn't counted in there. Um, and so you'll see that being different, and and so there could be a difference that goes into that. Another one that I see a lot of times, too, is when a garage is converted. Um, yes. So a lot of people in Florida have converted garages, especially on some of the older homes that were built 40, 50, 60 years ago to add additional space. And so you'll see a discrepancy on um, that that goes on there. And so sometimes you'll see that as as well. Um, well, and, and the thing about garages is it doesn't always add value. Um, I hate to have that conversation with people when I meet with them on listing appointments, but a garage conversion you know, even though it's it's changed your square footage for livable space, sometimes it does have a negative effect on the appraisal. And that is a little difficult to explain to people sometimes, but it's going to have a negative effect if people in that price range in that neighborhood expect to have a two or three car garage for that property. Yeah, I, you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, some people just, you know, um, Andrew, for example, is a huge car guy, right? He would never have a house without without a garage that was was converted, um, you know, or anything else that that comes in. And so sometimes that is a negative um, that that goes on to things. And I think an important thing to remember um, too is when when you're buying a house from a, from a practical standpoint is going in there. You know, sometimes square footage that you isn't going to be counted on the county website or in the appraisal to you and me is considered livable square footage. You know, property out back underneath a lanai um, that is in there that you may spend a majority of your time on there can really, you know, expand the amount of space that there is on a home. Yeah. And the appraiser does give you value for that. It's just not going to be obviously the same value that is, you know, for uh, AC or heated square footage. I mean, it's not that that's valueless. It's just that it's valued differently. And I think that that's an important thing because sometimes people, Julian, especially when they're this back to him, especially when, you know, they're looking at, um, you know, as far as the, uh, the price per square foot of the property, if they're looking at the price per square foot of the property, they're not accounting for all of that extra square footage, like, right. you know, verandas or like screen and porches or, you know, all of that is not going to show up in price per square foot that you're looking on an appraisal or on the MLS or however you're looking for homes. So that's always important to take into account. But if you do notice a difference in the square footage, you know, I would definitely have a conversation with the agent. You know, if you're the buyer, maybe you're wanting to renegotiate the price. Maybe you're wanting to ask a bunch of questions. You know, check with your real estate agent and see what um, what they recommend and maybe what the laws are in your state um, and see if there's some wiggle room with that. If you're a seller and you notice the difference of the square footage, um, 
you know, you might want to call your local municipality to see if there's a more accurate number and if it can be updated on the records. You know, some sellers are hesitant to do that, especially if, you know, the county has you taxed at a lower amount. But, you know, sometimes that might be a permitting issue or, you know, I don't want to speak out of turn, but sometimes there's an issue that the um, the appraisal has a higher square footage than maybe the county does. And that's something that if you're a seller, you might want to address with the county or with the, the city who's ever doing your, your taxes. But that's definitely where I would start. Um, and I think it's super important, especially if you're a buyer, to make sure that, that everything looks good on there. So we'll be back right after this quick break. And we're back here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. Thanks for joining us this Sunday and every Sunday. I'm Robert Johnson, president of the Duncan Duo here with Mike Corrigan from Cross Country Mortgage. Thanks for tuning in with us this week. Um, Andrew and I, I, I was on the show with him last week and we were talking about the competitive market, but um, there was an article that actually came out this week that it was written by a realtor. Um, well, it wasn't written by a realtor, but it was it was heavily quoted by a lot of realtors online. Um, and it says, the title of the article was, this is not the time for amateurs, says real estate agent in a fiercely competitive housing market. Um, the, the main points of this article were that there are about as twice as many working real estate agents as available listings. It's that crazy. to me is absolutely crazy. Um, this March, there were 20% fewer homes listed than last March, and potential sellers have several concerns, the largest being that they're afraid there won't be any, um, they won't be able to find or afford another home. Now, I will tell you that being out there and talking to sellers and talking to a lot of our agents, most of the sellers aren't necessarily afraid they won't be able to afford another home. I do think people are... Um, very aware if they're in their first home um, or one of their one, maybe it's their third or fourth home. I think that people are very aware that um, they're going to make money if they sell, they're going to make more money than they planned on, but they're also going to have to spend more to get what they want. And I think that that's not really where we're losing people. We're losing people because they're afraid. And, and I think um, sometimes maybe rightfully so, that they won't find what they want out there. Now, I think that sometimes people don't really know what they want, or maybe they want something that's perfect, and I don't think that any home is perfect. <laughs> but I do think that if the if the client is very specific on what they want, maybe they want a very particular neighborhood, a very particular type of home in that neighborhood, I do think that that could be the type of seller that struggles to find something to purchase. Um, but the idea that there um, are twice as many working real estate agents as available listings it's when i step back from that and i look at that it's almost insane considering um like i said when i got into real estate in 2010 we were in the midst of the biggest housing crash of all time <laughs> and the the amount of homes that were on the market was just unbelievable at the time. I mean, we had a ton of homes on the market. Um, we had, it was something insane, like 24 months of inventory. I mean, there was, there was pundits out there that said we would never get back to an appreciating market, which we all knew was laughable. But I mean, there was a time when we had so many listings on the market that when somebody called 
Um, when, you know, when you called a, a listing agent when I was a buyer agent and you said you had a buyer, I mean, they would practically do anything for you to put an offer in on their property. So to see that there's twice as many working real estate agents now as available listings, that just speaks to speaks volumes of where we're at. Um, do, do you see, I, I would think even as a mortgage broker, that that would be, I mean, you guys must see a lot of clients who have probably bid on many homes before they've actually secured a property, I would assume. Oh, yeah. I mean, we see it all the time. I mean, we have people at times that come to us and, it, you know, they're on their third, fourth, fifth, sixth offer um, that they've, they, they've written and we're, you know, updating their pre-approval letters and whatnot. And they come back to us. And you're right. I mean, people are getting um, at times, and I think we're starting to see it more than ever. It's as we get into the, you know, what's normally the the peak of the spring buying season, right? But I don't think it ever, you know, for the last year, I think we've been in the same. We've been running, uh, you know, redlining, running hot, um, you know, that that was there in going through. But um, yeah, I mean, we we see it all the time, and it's it's crazy when. You know, there's 20% fewer homes than last March. And if you think back to last March, well, that's when COVID really kind of <laughs> came in right. to happen. It came into favor and everybody took their you know house off the market and we're scared. No one was putting a new house on because we didn't know what was going on then um, as a nation. And to think that this year there's 20% fewer. And yeah. so it's absolutely incredible that is out there. And, and you know, back to the, the um, title of the article about now is not a time to hire an amateur. I think it is so important today um, because we see it all the time. I mean, you have to have a skilled real estate agent to be, you know, representing you to give you a good shot out there in today's market using someone that has just got into the business or, you know, just does a deal here part time or whatnot is just not the way to go now. Um, now more so than ever in such a competitive market, I think it's important to use a professional real estate agent. Well, and that is the um, that's the hard part to explain people because you you know you think as a consumer, well, you know, I could I could go out there and I could list my home, or I could go out there and I could find a house for myself. And I will tell you that right now it is so important to have a skilled realtor and salesperson out there selling you, selling your offer, selling you know, what they need to sell in the process, whether that's, you know, getting a higher price for you, you know, getting you, getting you the house that you want. I can't even say it's going to be, you know, an amazing deal. It's just going to be the house that you want. Um, I think that them being able to build a relationship with the other realtor in the process or the listing agent or the buyer agent, I think that there have, they have to have such great sales skills in order to break through the, um, the amount of you know competition that's out there because in the article it says nationwide 61% of home offers written by Redfin which is a real estate firm faced bidding wars in February up from 59% in January now i will tell you locally that is guaranteed to be higher cuz this is nationwide yep. so locally i guarantee you that anything right now that's priced decently and that is in a good price point i would say like my gosh, sub, sub, you know, 750. I mean, I don't know, sub 600. I don't know what the top is, but pretty much everything that's going on the market in that price range is getting uh, multiple offers. Now, it's going to take a very skilled salesperson to get that home for you, but it's also going to take a skilled salesperson to work through those, mo those multiple offers if you are a seller. 
because there is a skill in order to get somebody the most money. You know, what kind of terms are being offered? Can it be negotiated up in price? You know, can the the um, the moving terms turn out um, turn into your benefit as a seller? You know, maybe you are one of those people that is worried about not being able to go out there and find something. Maybe that part of the offer, you know, is those terms that would help facilitate that for you. You know, maybe you don't move out to a certain date. Maybe you do a lease back. Maybe, um, you know, you there's a contingency in there for you to find something. It just depends on whatever you want. And I think having a, a realtor be able to navigate that for you and give you the best advice is so important for this market. I think that this is definitely not the time, even though it's it's a nice thing, it's not the time for you to go out there and list with or or have your friend help you buy something if your friend's brand new to real estate or maybe only did one or two deals last year. And I hate saying that because everybody has to start somewhere, but it's really, really competitive right now. Yeah, Very it's competitive. Yeah, it's I mean, I've been in this, you know, in the mortgage space for 20 plus years and I've never seen anything like this in my career. And, um, you know, I've gone I went through the entire financial crisis, like you said earlier, when you, you know, got in when there was, you know, there were so many houses on the market. Now it's the complete opposite that goes there. I saw a statistic earlier this week that said it was either 63 or 65 percent of homes. Um, they are only on the market before they go pending less than seven days. And that is just absolutely wow stunningly fast and incredible and you're right i mean there's multiple offer situations you know people lots of you know coming in asking for highest and best and being able to navigate that and get all of those and it, you know you kind of hit on it price isn't always everything right certainly right. it's it's the most important but it isn't always everything and so if you're only um you know, ammunition in is on price, sometimes that's not gonna be able to get your deal done. And so you need to have an experienced agent to work all those different angles. And you mentioned some of them of, of when you're gonna move, time in the house, things going on, different things are going on. What, you know, are you willing to waive maybe some contingencies? Are you willing to agree to maybe pay, you know, X amount over appraised value? All these things that we're seeing now that you just frankly didn't see before. Um, and the, the experienced appraisers are winning out in those deals. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just or as an realtors. example, yeah, oh, yeah, realtors. Um, just as an example, you know, we had a property listed yesterday at two o'clock. Um, and by today, by this morning, we had 22 offers. Wow. And by this afternoon, or excuse me, yesterday afternoon, we had 33 offers. And as a as a listing agent, as the listing agent for those sellers, that does not mean that their job is easy. That means that they have to navigate those 33 offers with those sellers. Which one of those offers, which one of those offers are real? Which one can you get to actually close on the property? You know, what we're seeing a lot now is we're seeing a lot of buyer agents try to put something under contract for their clients and then worry about showing the property, getting through inspection, all that later. You know, which one of those offers can actually close for the seller so the seller can you know, turn around and be done with this and doesn't have somebody just trying to get the property under contract to then breathe after the fact. So there's a lot to navigate through there. There's a lot of skill in doing that. And again, I think that even though you might be able to get the offer, um, it's actually getting the property to the closing table because the closing is what's most important for um, all the clients involved, 
um, and, and all the parties involved. Everybody's trying to get to closing. It's not, even though it feels like it, it's not just getting the house under contract. It's actually getting that to the closing table. So I think that that's really where you want to go. And the article describes it perfectly. It feels like a game of Tetris where, where we're looking at the whole playing board we're trying to place people and strategically move people around in a way that best fits their lifestyle. And I think that that's with everybody. I think that's with sellers, with buyers, with everybody. And I think that um, it just takes a lot of skills to get there right now. So uh, we'd love to continue this conversation with you. And we'll be back right after this quick break. And we're back on our last segment here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. Thanks for joining us this week. I'm Robert Johnson, president of the Duncan Duo here with Mike Corrigan. Wanted to end on a completely different note. We were talking during the break about, um, you know, different things that we're seeing out there, different articles that we actually have in our hand. And one of them was um, one of the obstacles to closing deals, traffic. Um, you know, the article talks about that Florida has 11 of the top 25 worst urban intersections in the U.S., which I know we have bad traffic, um, but to have 11 of the top 25 um, I definitely think is something that I I really wasn't expecting to hear. I mean, Hillsborough County had, I think, two of them. Um, Pasco County has a, has one. Um, Polk has a couple. So I was kind of surprised at that. I think that, um, you know, what we always see in real estate is we see um, walkability being uh, pretty important as far as people's yes. desirability, um, whether it's in an urban area, um, you know, a city setting, a condo setting, um, or even in, you know, communities that are newer, that are neo-traditional communities with everything inside the community. Um, I think that a lot of times those uh, sub, uh, suburbs of the 80s um, and, you know, a good portion of the 90s and early 2000s of the big golf courses and the sprawling layouts, um, a lot of those, even though they're still building large communities like that, a lot of those uh types of communities, even though they're large scale, they're built in a different way that makes them walkable. Um, you know, there's the homes a lot of times um, can be closer together, which you might not like that, but in general, people like it. People like being able to walk different places within the community, like the community center, like, um, you know, some of these lagoons you see, some of the, uh, the uh, you know, amenities that are in the neighborhood, people want those to be walkable. And I do think it affects um, home prices, just like I think walkability uh, affects home prices. I think a lot of times long-term, when you look at these communities that are completely car dependent and putting a lot, a lot, a lot of cars on the road um, for just going around the community, I think a lot of times those do not hold the same value that uh, a place that ends up being very walkable with shops and you know, places to eat and close to amenities or very walkable here all over in the community. I think that those hold value over time more so than something that's completely car dependent. And again, not in the beginning, but definitely over time. And even over at the beach, Mike, I know that you live over there. I'm, I'm always, you know, when I was a kid, the beach was the beach and it was great and it, it's great now, but I am surprised at how um, even in a place over like Reddington, Madeira, those places are becoming so much more walkable than they were when I was a kid. 
Yeah, they really are. And they've done a lot to, to build it in there and make it, you know, do things to make it safe with the, uh, you know, the flashing crosswalks and, and whatnot that's in there and be able to put it there. And it is, um, you know, it has changed quite a bit. And, you know, a lot of this always comes down to personal preference. And you're going to need to based on maybe your family makeup, what your likes and desires are of looking at this. And um, so whether, you know, to some people, having a walking community may not matter, right? And to the other people, it's it's everything. And so you got to look at your personal preferences. And with so many people coming to Florida and moving here um, for so many different reasons, you know, the traffic has gotten worse in some different areas. And you got to look at it. One thing that we've always talked about, I know, I'm sure we've talked about it with Robert. I know I've talked about it with Andrew in the past is, you know, be aware of, you know, if you're looking at a particular neighborhood, and you go out and see it on a Sunday afternoon, and that's when your showing is, make sure you go back and drive it at different times, right? Sunday Absolutely. afternoon where there might be a lot less traffic, maybe a lot different than Monday morning at 8 a.m. Absolutely, and the, the worst in our area on the list, just so everybody knows, is number 14 in the country, Pasco County, which is Lando Lakes Boulevard, which is 41 and 54. So 41 and 54, that's a nightmare intersection. I'm gonna tell you, if I had, I would not want to drive through there every day. I I mean, going from one side to the other. I mean, if you guys don't know where this is, the, it's a nightmare to drive up there. I know that the county and the state are looking at things to fix that. I don't know how that's ever going to be fixed. I'm kind of surprised it got there to begin with because it's just, it's crazy. But I think that it does affect the real estate values or, you know, could affect the real estate values if it gets busier and busier and busier. And um, especially if you're right there, you know, right there next to it. And I think that, um, you know, that could be the same as anywhere. You know, some people don't want to back up to very busy intersections. Some people don't want to back up to areas that are very loud with traffic. But again, I think that Mike's right. You want to be able to know what the traffic's going to be like from your area. You want to make sure you know how easy it is to get into and out of your, your home, um, you know, definitely your neighborhood, you want it to be safe for all those involved. And I think that that's something, um, especially over the past year, I think that people are going to be surprised <laughs> when traffic gets back to 100% normal, how much worse it is, because there's some areas that I could tell still are not back to normal, and they will get there. And people that have moved here over the past year are going to be <laughs> pretty surprised at how long it takes them to get different places. So definitely heed Mike's advice, heed Andrew's advice, and try those at all different times of the day or night. So one last time, Mike, if they need to get pre-qualified for a mortgage, they want to talk about anything mortgage related, how they get in touch with you. Yeah, absolutely. Feel free to give me a call at any time. 813-377-2743. Again, 813-377-2743. Or you can go to crosscountrytampa, all one word.com, crosscountrytampa.com. And you can give our office a call if you want to talk to us about real estate, you want to list your home, you want to look for a home, give us a call at the office, 813-359-8990, or go to our website, theduncanduo.com. You can also find us on any of our socials, anything. We'd love to uh, help you out. The Duncan Duo team will be right there for you. Thanks for joining us this Sunday. We'll see you back next week.